Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer. And supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject, you are equipped to win. Somebody say, I'm equipped to win. Say it again, say, I'm equipped to win. I want you to know that this battle that you're in right now is about birth. I'm taking my time. This battle is about birth. Any women in here ever given birth to a child? For nine months you're expecting. You expecting, you expecting, you expecting. It's all you happy. That first trimester, you happy. It's, it's light work. It's second one, it's getting heavy. You're eating stuff you ain't never ate. you having pains you ain't never had. You, you ain't going to say nothing. That last one, you kind of worried. You're you excited, but you're worried. You don't want anything to go wrong. Any, you you, you, you kind of, you, you, you're in a battle. You're praying for the health of the child and yourself. Bring me through this pain. Let the child live. Let me live. Somebody say this battle is about birth. It's been a wonderful journey in Ephesians. We're almost there. Almost at the end of this amazing letter of inspiration, insight, and instruction. We are now at the top of the mountain. We get to have a few, full view of what's going on. The higher you go, the more you see. Help me. And look at how intentional Paul is in his delivery. He first deals with our identity crisis chapter 1 letting us know that Christ has already given us every blessing in heavenlies and he chose us before the foundation of the world 
Then he put he put all things under his feet, and our victory is in Christ in heavenly places. He then lets us know that he has prepared us for good works that we should walk in them. Which speaks to a prepared path. Somebody say prepared path. That he, Christ, is our peace, having broken down the walls that separated us from our blessings and our identity. He then lets us know not to faint at tribulations because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Then he calls us to unity. He, he calls us to unity. He under, lets us understand the, the distribution of the gifts that God has given us. The order of the church. The order of the family. The order of marriage relationships. How we are to honor and walk together as a body of believers. I feel it already in my spirit. He shows us how the people of God are to edify the church and each other, how we're supposed to grow up, right? Tap your neighbor and say, grow up. And now he deals with the warfare that we're all in. Now, we already established that the first three chapters of Ephesians talks about our position in Christ. The last three deals with the practice that we are to have as believers in Christ. And as we look at warfare, it will begin to make a lot of sense on how we are to win the battles that we face. One of the main things we must understand is that we, we stand and we fight from heaven. Follow me. We stand and we fight from heaven. We do not fight from earth for heaven. We fight from heaven for earth. Colossians 3, 1, and I'm going to take my time, y'all. Don't push me. I already feel it in my spirit. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. That's Matthew, right? Six, 16.33, something like that, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Colossians 3.1 says, Seek those things that are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. The word also says that we've been raised up together and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, 6. So we are sitting in the place of Jesus. We are in Christ, seated in heaven. Ooh. So let, let, let's, let's, let's see how this is broken down. I need to make this make sense because too many of Christians, too many of us are losing battles. And I'm going to tell you why. Because we're fighting from earth. And we're not fighting from heaven. Christian, believer, let me help you. We are not trying to make it to heaven. Why would you try to make it to a place you already are? 
Too many of Christians are trying to make it into a place that they already sit. We live beneath our privilege on earth because we do not know we have access from heaven. Paul says, finally, since, since we know that we're already blessed with every spiritual blessing, since I told you the order, since you know that you've been chosen before the foundation of the world, since you know that you have all the rights that you possibly can have. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The word of God lets us know that God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. When the word is telling us to be strong, he is referring to the strength that we can only draw from heaven. Oh, not a physical strength, not a physical stature. Let, let me let me just drop this in here for you. I, I, I work with children's with what they would say are special needs. Now, now, if if you ever had to work with children or anybody for that matter with special needs, you understand that they are strong. They are strong. Somebody say they strong. You know they're strong when it takes two grown adults to handle a nine-year-old. Strong. Which means, people of God, strength has nothing to do with muscle. If you see your child, if a mother of small stature sees her child in trouble, ran over by a car, ran over by a car, that woman could go over with the strength of Samson and lift that car up. So it can get off their child. Have you ever had to draw strength from a source that was not your own? That strength showed up. You might have had to pay for it after. But in that moment, supernatural strength, you want to say God sent his angels and he, whatever, you could call it whatever you want to call it. But I want you to understand, it does not mean strength. When he says strength, he means that, it means that spiritual strength, strength that we draw from Christ means this. It means we must exercise spiritual muscles of our faith. Write that down. It means that we must exercise the spiritual muscles of our faith. How do you do that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. You exercise your spiritual muscles by doing spiritual things, such as reading the word, such as praying, and such as fasting. If you want to be spiritually strong and, and draw your strength and the power of his might, then that remember the disciples asked, why couldn't we cast out this demon? He said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. See, you have a, you're not strong enough to deal with some of the things that if you want to be spiritually strong in the power of my might, you're going to have to do spiritual things. 
But here's the other thing, and here's the thing we miss. Because somebody said, well, Pastor, I do that. I pray. I read my word. You don't know. I read. I got the Bible plan. I'm doing all this stuff. I got the reading. I'm fasting. I ain't eight in weeks. Uh, y'all not going to say, but I'm still losing. Well, here's why you're still losing. Because here's the key point. If you're going to draw strength of his might, you got to get rid of sin. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 1, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. You can't win a spiritual battle with fleshly means. And the enemy knows that there's something up in your life that needs to be gone and he can get you with it every time. So you can read all you want. You could pray all you want. You could fast all you want. You could be 10 pounds, 4 ounces. I don't care. But if you still got something that got you pulling, you're not going to have the strength. Do you understand? That's why you don't want to get elevated to a level of lights. Because the higher you go, the brighter the lights are. Jesus. Tell your neighbor you can't win with that. Yeah, you can't win with that. You can't, whatever it is, whatever your that is, you can't win with that. When you get rid of that, that thing, that thing you don't want to tell nobody about, that thing that you only test, I'm preaching already. I don't know what Christian doing, playing with some app or something, but I'm preaching already, ain't heard a key yet. The devil is a liar. Help me up in here. Tap your neighbor, say that. Yo, that may be a him. Yo, that may be a she. Yo, that may be alcohol. Yo, that may be drugs. Yo, that may be. I'm not saying Jesus is afraid of your sin. Because he died for it. But you should be afraid of it. Okay, I'm going to move on. So he says, listen, if you want, you need to draw strength. And this is how we draw strength. We got to draw, we got to get spiritually in his might, in his might, not our own strength, not your family name, not where you come from, not none of that. And he says this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I need to get, I'm done. I don't want the ice cream tomorrow. I got to move fast. So I got to break this down because I feel like, Y'all not going to say nothing. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's talk about the battle that we're in. Can we talk about it for a minute? The battle we're in. The fight has to be focused in the right arena. The fight has to be focused in the right arena. We've been called to stand, not to fall. The Bible says he's able to keep us from falling. Right, right? Ain't that right? That's the word of God. He's able to keep me from falling. So ask your neighbor, why you keep falling there? Why? Be, he, uh, he's able, but you're not. Y'all not going to say nothing. He's able, but you don't want to stand. Uh, you got to be, you got to have a want to stand in order to stand. It's not just that he's able to keep you, but you got to want to be kept. 
And a lot of people don't want to be kept. I'm, I'm learning as I'm getting a little older and my and I'm and I'm getting a little bit more evasive in my study. That people don't want the reason I fell a lot of times wasn't because God wasn't telling me he could keep me, it's because I was telling God, not right now. Y'all not gonna say nothing. I got this right here. I can handle this right here. You can take everything else, but leave me that. I, I got to have my. To stand in spiritual realms, because that's where the battle is. It's in the heavenlies, right? We got to stand in spiritual realms. It says that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil is not operating from earth. The devil is operating from heaven. Satan, where have y'all been? I've been going to and fro, thinking who I may destroy. He was in heaven. Satan operates from heaven. Demons operate in earth. So don't ever come in. People come in. The devil made me do it. The devil ain't made you do it. Because the devil is in there. It says that he will be cast into the lake of fire. He ain't there yet. But he got some henchmen. He got some principalities. He got some things that rule over principalities means, watch this, it's deep. I'm going to give you the definition of principalities. It is prince over palities. Y'all better help me. That is so deep. Go ahead, pastor. Prince over palities. He is the one that is in control. Jesus is called the prince. And anything that Satan does, he's going to forfeit what Jesus is. So our fight is against rulers, right? Against principalities, against powers and rulers of darkness. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Not the spiritual wickedness going on on your road. High places. You know that you are anointed when there is a battle in heavenly realms that's going on about you. I'll help you identify it you don't know where the fight came from it just showed up you don't know where the argument came from your husband ain't the devil but he can be influenced by rulers of darkness y'all better help me up in here We got to stop fighting each other because the fight ain't with us. That is a distraction. Oh, don't get ahead of myself. Don't get ahead of myself. We can't get along. Do you know, I don't care how much you do not like somebody that's in this building. If you leave this building, you will meet somebody just like that. You will meet another them. You know why? Because it ain't flesh and blood. It's spiritual. And you will run right into that same spirit. Oh, y'all not going to help me. The Bible, listen, is I heard spirits attract spirits. That all the sick people hang at the same place. 
on the same porch. If you want to know why you keep attracting flies, check the... It's not about us. So you got to learn how to navigate in the cluster of spirits that's in the room. And if you can't learn how to navigate in that, you ain't going to win no spiritual battles. You are spiritually spoiled because you want everything to feel right, everything to look right, everything to sound right. But the battle is not against. Help me up in here. So since he tells us the battle we're in, then I can't, I can't knock your teeth out. I can't because that ain't going to help my spiritual. I can't, it ain't flesh and blood. I can't take a bat up across your head. I might can kill the flesh for a minute and go ahead. <laughs> Maybe the attack on your flesh can go ahead and help your spirit. Maybe that's what Paul meant when he says, I beat my flesh daily and make it come into subjection. Some of y'all just need a being. So he says, if you're going to win, you need to work with the right weapons. Take up the whole armor. You can't fight a battle with half the armor. Somebody say whole. Take the whole armor of God. Don't take anybody else's armor. David didn't want Saul's armor. He said, I don't need that. that. Some of you trying to fight battles with stuff other people giving you and it ain't working. You can't fight with my sword. I've, I've learned how to use my sword. The devils I fight are big. You have yet to learn how to handle the butter knife you got. In other words, people want to get in big battles, but got a little word. Let me work it. You need this armor so you'll be able to stand in the evil day. Somebody say evil day. Once again, he tells us to stand. Stand speaks to position. First three chapters of Ephesians. Stand. He's telling us, I want you to hold your position. The devil is not after you. He's after your position. Why? Because we took his. The fight is never about you. It's about position, which makes sense on why the church is always fighting over. Oh, my God, this good. I'm about to tape myself. <laughs> Y'all, listen. You got to stand. You got to hold your, tell your neighbor, hold your position. Hold your position. 
He's telling us we need to be dressed and ready for the evil day. When is your evil day? The day all hell breaks loose. The day you don't, you want to throw up your hands. The evil day is not the last day. Not for the believer. Because that's a great day. Y'all better help me. That is the day. That is the day we're supposed to be looking for. So it can't be the evil day if Jesus is coming back. It's only an evil day if you ain't ready. Preach this thing. So he can't be talking about last day. He's talking about your day. Your life was going smooth and then all hell broke loose. Kids start wilding out. Job lets you go. All things to come against your faith and your position. The evil day. And the problem with folks is you cannot wait to start fighting. You can't wait when a fight is getting picked your way to decide you're going to get dressed. You got to be ready. I won't fight you. Oh, wait a minute. Let me take my hair. I, I wish. Let me take my series up. Let me take my neck. Why are you doing all that? Crack upside your head. You ain't going to say, well, I'll never understand why I'm going to sit there and let you get ready to fight. The devil is alive. And while you get ready, I'm going to knock that. That's what the devil said. You ain't even ready. I'm going to just knock them out because they ain't ready. They ain't been praying. They ain't been fasting. They ain't been at service. They ain't been giving. They ain't worshiping. They ain't praising. Go ahead, preach, pastor. I'm doing the best I can. But you got to be ready. Be ye ready at all times. For the enemy seeks whom he may devour. Psalms 50, 15 says this, call upon me in a day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. In the day, in that evil day, we are to call on God. He will deliver and we will glorify him. When I'm in trouble, draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to me. When I'm in trouble, let no man say that when he's tempted, he is tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust. When I'm in trouble, I call on him. I don't call mama. I don't pick up my cell phone. I don't ask Facebook. I don't tweet about it. I don't put it on TikTok. When I'm in trouble... I call on who? In the day of trouble. When it's happening. And here's what it, let me just help you break that down. The reason he says call in the day of trouble and he will deliver thee. Because it is my job to glorify God. God is not glorified about the trouble. He's glorified in the trouble. The enemy wants glory, but God wants you to glorify him. You can't glorify him if you're in trouble and you fall to the trouble. 
it funny how we get strong after we do what we shouldn't have did? I'll never do that again. The devil is a liar. The Lord, I'm saying I rebuke you. Thank you, Jesus. Until the next time. That's why the enemy wants you to be quiet about your trouble. Closed mouth, don't get help. Oh, well, let me take my time. So he says, stand there for having your, oh, here we go. I'm going to take my time. It's all right. We're going to have some ice cream. Stand there for having your loins girt about with truth. That's the first piece. Now, I, I present before you that these three pieces, the first three pieces of this armor have to do with our state of being. The last three have to do with what we take. And there's only one offensive weapon, which is the word of God. Can I break it down for you just a little bit? We're going to do a teaching on this another day, but I just feel it in my spirit. I'm going to get you go back and study it and tell me if I'm telling you anything that ain't right. The devil is a lie. Say, we preach truth up in here. He says you got to have your loins girt about with truth. Now, the soldier, the, the belt was what held everything together. It also protected major arteries, the kidneys. Y'all not going to say nothing. It helped. It, it, put, it would... It would guard all that but it would hold all the armor together that was the belt of truth and what Jesus is saying what God is telling us in this scripture is the first piece which is going to tie everything else together for your victory is truth he said I am the way the truth and the life truth now truth is God's answer and decision on every matter it is God's final say it is God's only say. You, you, the Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you. I teach up in here. You shall know the truth. It is not the truth that you have read. It's not the truth that you heard. It's not. It's the truth that you know. The word know speaks to a relationship. It is an intimate relationship. It means the word that has injected itself within you. The word that has put sperm on the inside. It is the truth that you know. It is the truth that you are pregnant with. That is can, the only thing that can give birth to a true walk y'all better help me I'm preaching he said the truth and the reason why people are losing battles is because the enemy is the father of lies and he is the creator and the source of all lies so what the enemy does is he deceives and he throws lies out to come against the truth that he knows you don't know every battle we have ever lost was based on a lie. This is why he tells us have truth, but this is also why in chapter one through three, he spent that whole three chapters dealing with our identity and us knowing the truth about the love of God and what we possess so that when you get that in your spirit, the devil can't bring you no lie saying because I fell, Jesus don't want me no more. That's a lie because he said he chose me before the foundation of the world. When he comes and lies to me and say, I'm not going to make it, that's a lie. He's already blessed me with every spiritual blessing. When it comes, 
you got to have it held up by the truth. And then he says the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is Jesus' righteousness. Not our own righteousness. Righteousness. The breastplate guards the heart. Now, what comes after your heart? The thing that comes after your heart, the deception that goes on in your heart is that I'm not good enough that I can't make it. I'm, I can never do this Christian thing. I can't walk and God is not pleased with me. That's a lie because it's not my righteousness. It's his righteousness. But it also means to make the right decision at the right time for the right reason. Making the right decision at the right time for the right reason. Righteousness. His righteousness. Here it is. Check it out. It ties together. When you know the truth, it will change your behavior. It will influence, it should influence your decision making. No, I know the truth about that. I can't go that way. I need to, I understand. It, it took me a while to really get the truth of the fact that we can't take none with us. Yeah. It really took me a minute to realize the, the truth of that this world is passing away and the things in it. To know what really matters is what I do for Christ. That truth is now embedded in me. So when the enemy comes with a lie and wants me to make a wrong decision, trying to get something that my flesh thinks it needs in a way that's other than the right way that God said I could have it, I can cancel out the, what the enemy said and walk in the right way. It is supposed to govern your decisions. If you are in a relationship, brothers and sisters, and the one that you're with comes and says, well, I don't love you. I don't like you. I'm no good for you. And they tell you that and they're telling you the truth and you decide to stay with them then you don't want to make a right decision but when you have the truth when they tell you they ain't no good when your girlfriend's told you he ain't no good when his own mama said And you don't want to make a righteous decision. Okay. Then he says the gospel of peace. So it's all state of being. Truth, righteousness, gospel of peace. That feet shot. That means when my feet are shot with the gospel of peace. That means I am bringing peace wherever I go. That means the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When I'm walking in truth and I'm making the right decisions, my path is laid. He, he already prepared works that we should walk in them. I can't walk in them unless I know the truth and unless I'm making the right decision. Because I will veer off the path that Christ has set. But when I am in line with the truth, which is Christ, and I'm making the right decisions, every step I take is ordered. And he walks me into my blessing and into my destiny. 
and my feet are shod not with jealousy, not with hate, not with gossip. Now y'all better help me, but with peace. The Bible tells us that we have been given the ministry of what? Reconciliation. That wherever I go, I am supposed to be bringing in others into a relationship with Christ. When I'm walking in truth, I'm walking in righteousness. I'm not bringing anything but the good news. That's why it says, how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the gospel. I don't care how many pedicures you get. If you ain't bringing Lord's word, your feet are jacked. I had some ugly feet before I started preaching. But all of a sudden, I started preaching, and my feet heavily manicured. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm messing with y'all. I'm messing, I'm messing with you. But in other words, people will be glad to see you coming. But they'll also hate to see you coming. So these these all speak to how it and ain't that amazing, right? That's all that's all that first part. That's the first three chapters of Ephesians. The first three pieces of our armor. And then he says, Take. Take the shield of faith. Why? No, no defensive armor was as important as the shield. It it stopped arrows, right? Satan shoots darts of doubt because he's after faith. Take the shield of faith. What comes against faith? Fear. There's no time to be afraid when you're in a fight. You got to be bold. And if nothing else, act like you can fight. You know, do all that. <laughs> That's when you know they can't fight. They're doing all that. No other brother just standing there looking. Watch him. Right? They spinning around. <laughs> Break dancing. <laughs> Y'all better help me up here. Lost my place. Let me let me see. Okay. So, shield of faith. Now, here's what it says. We need to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. He could just kill some of us with a dart. There would be no need for fire. Why use fire? If I can borrow from my teacher, Tony Evans, gave a great, a great illustration. I'm going to use it because I saw into his ministry. <laughs> so the fiery dart, he said, back in the day with the cowboys and Indians, the Indians would dip the arrow in oil and then light fire and throw it not at the person but at the wagon. Right? To create fire. Because the Indians found out 
that cowboys can't fight Indians and fire at the same time. So when the enemy throws a fiery dart, the faith, the shield of faith is to block the fiery darts because the dart is a distraction. Fiery darts don't hit you. They hit your family. It's your bank account. Because it's a distraction to get you off the real fight. So you can start fighting stuff that ain't there and get hit. He's really after you. But he goes after what he knows you love. And so now I'm so focused on what do I do about what I love. I lose the real battle. Ooh, that was good. But when you hold your faith up, it quenches them fiery darts. It lets you look at death in the face and know that death can't have victory. It lets you walk in a hospital and say, I know this is a distraction, but I'm not going to lose my faith. I still know that God is able. And if he does not, I will still yet trust him. Y'all better help me. Don't be distracted. Stay focused. Because the battle is spiritual, not physical. And then he says, take the helmet of salvation, which is talking about what we cover our minds with. Because the, the, the best way for the enemy to really get you weak is to mess with your thought life. But the Bible tells us that we are to cast down every imagination and high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, the truth of God. We have to understand that we have to keep that helmet on. We have to guard our thoughts. That's why you have to guard what you watch. That's why you have to guard what you listen to. That's why when you're in a battle, you don't want people that are weak around you. Y'all better come on up in here. Somebody say, guard your minds, guard your thoughts. And then he says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The, the word of God, the, the word that you know, that's what you hit him with. That's what Jesus did. Every attack that came against the truth. When the enemy came up, what did he say? It is written. What did he say? It is written. It is written. You ain't got but three fights. You ain't got, check this out. Oh, hit a note for this one. I'm about to drop you a nugget. It just came down from heaven. Woo! You only need three scriptures for every battle. You ain't got to know the whole Bible. You just got to know it's written. That man should not live by bread alone. It is written. Thou should not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written. Y'all better help me. It ain't but three. Y'all wait, waiting for me to give you the last one, huh? Go find it out for yourself. That's why you're losing, because you don't know the third one. It's the pride of life, the lust of your flesh, and the... What? 
bear the pride, right? Pride of life, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. Three, I'll give you all these kingdoms. It is written. Make this stone bread. It is written. That's it. You got to know the word of God for your situation. When I wanted deliverance from cocaine, I found scriptures that helped me get delivered from cocaine. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I've called you out of darkness into my marvelous light. Stand still and see this. That was the one that really delivered me. Stand still because I could not stand still. I wouldn't have got high if I would have just stayed home. So, so this is what he's telling us. He says, this, this is your armor. This is what we're supposed to have on. Now I'm going to preach it. We gonna, I'm gonna, I've been waiting to get to this point. Oh, my God. I've been waiting to get to this. Because so we understand that it's finally, it's my position. I got to stand firm. But I told you the battle is not physical. It's a spiritual battle. I fight from heaven for earth. I, I want the battle to be, here it is. Every battle you lose in the spiritual realm shows up as defeat in the physical When you win the battle in the spiritual realm, in your mind, in your spiritual realm, once it's in your spirit, it will be fruit in your life on earth. So every blessing that I need to operate in earth, I have to access it from heaven. This wasn't part of it, but I'm going to throw it in and I'm going to make it make sense for you in about two seconds. We ready? That's why tithing is important. Because my bank is not in earth. It may say Bank of America, but it's Bank of Heaven. But if I don't tap into spiritual realm, it can't be released in earthly realm. See if I won't pour you out a blessing. You didn't put nothing in heaven's ATM. You can't draw nothing out. If you keep putting earthly means into earthly ATM, that's going to dry out. Ask people now who are worrying about their retirement and everything else they got planned up. Stock market drops. Heaven's market never drops. God will give you insight, financial insight, like he did Joseph to let him know how to move so that he can have when nobody else had. Oh, Somebody say, you got to win it in heaven. Uh-oh. Here it is. Praying 
with supplication in the spirit and watching. A lot of people pray, but they don't watch. He's saying if you're going to pray always with all prayer, there's multiple types of prayer and supplication, which is separate from prayer. In the spirit, not in the flesh, watching with all perseverance. Means that while I'm watching, I'm watching hungry. I'm watching hungry because I'm armored up and I got my armor on. I'm engaged. But I know my fight ain't here. I'm dressed in heaven because I want to see something here. So he says pray. Prayer is communication with the commander in chief. Prayer is access. It's the umbilical cord that ties heaven to earth. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are conduits. But we have to be ready and fighting and ready in spiritual realms in order for stuff to get into the earth. We are God's permission in the earth. We are his permission in the earth. God cannot do anything on earth until we allow it. Prayer is the power that we hold for the battle. Now, there are certain types of prayer. I'm almost there. There's wish list, wish list prayer. Tap your neighbor and say, that's you. Wish list prayer. That's the prayer that you keep asking for stuff. Father God, send me a husband. God, send me a job. God, I need new shoes. Papa need a brand new bag. God better help me. Wish list prayer. Then you get up and you go out and you look for it. Then you come back. God, you didn't hear me. I said, I need a husband. I said, I... <laughs> but when you mature, you move from wish list prayer to worship prayer. Do I got any worship prayers up in here? Now, 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 wait, now, wait, don't get ahead of yourself. That's the prayer of repentance. That's when you humble yourself before God. That's when you lay down before him. Sometimes prostrate before him. You lay out on the floor before him. Repentance. Repentance brings revival. Repentance brings revival. You cannot have a revival service and there be no repentance. 
So when you're saying, God, I repent, it's going to bring about a reviving in your spirit. You ever been in prayer and you know you was jacked up and you just started crying and uh, the spirit uttering words that you can't even say, but you know you are a heart of repentance. And then all of a sudden your prayer shifts to that of sorrow to joy. That That's revival that you feel fresh and new, that you got something on the inside that says, I can go on just a little no further has it ever revival brings renewal renewed commitment renewed fire renewed faith that's why the Bible said renew my strength he said I shall renew your strength you shall mount up on wings as God but then after you get out of that worship type of prayer, it moves you and it qualifies you for warfare prayer. Woo. Oh, my God. Warfare is when you are engaged in the fight for the kingdom agenda on earth. I lost him. I lost him. Listen, you, you got to move. And this is what Ephesians 6 is talking to. He's talking to people who are engaged in spiritual warfare for the kingdom agenda on earth. And he says this. In James chapter 5. Do I got a moment? I'm, and I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to make it make sense to you. He says, is there any afflicted? Let him pray. Let any merry, let him sing psalms. If any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And pray for one another that they may be healed. Watch this. The effective, fervent, prayer of a righteous armor man availeth much for Elias Elijah check it out was a man subject to passions just like us and prayed for one another no he said just like us and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain uh oh and it rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. That's, that's James. I, I want to go before I preach this and close this message to 1 Kings 17 verse 1. And I want to show you something. About this spiritual warfare that we're in. And how you win the battle. And know that the battle is about birth. In 17 verse 1 in 1 Kings. Listen to what the word of God says. Elijah. The Tishbite from Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be 
no dew or rain in the next few years except at my word. That's what Elijah said. Said, listen, Ahab, it will not rain until I say so. Go to chapter 18. Chapter 18, verse 1. After a long time, in the third year, the word came to Elijah. Go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain. So Elijah went and presented himself to Ahab. I need you to see this. Stay there, because I'm going to read one more portion of scripture. We out. Elijah first told Ahab, it ain't going to rain until I say so. He was the mouthpiece of God. In the earth. He didn't just say that because he felt like saying it. He said it because God told him to say it. And then God came back to Ahab. And said now. Go tell him. I'm going to send rain. That should have been the end of it. But it wasn't. Because Elijah said no, not until I say so. Even when God said so. Elijah said no. God said yes, but there was still no rain. Go to verse 41 of the same chapter. 18. We are God's conduit for every battle won in spiritual realms to birth something in the earth. Elijah in verse 41 of 1 Kings 18 said to Ahab, go eat and drink because I hear Heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed up to the top of Carmel. Bent down to the ground. Put his face between his knees. And said, go and look. Toward the sea is what he told his servant. He went up and looked. He came back and said, I don't see nothing. Seven times Elijah said, go look. The seventh time the servant reported, I see a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot. Go down before the rain stops you. The cloud was as small as a hand 
but the rain was enough to stop them. Meanwhile, the sky grew black, the clouds and the wind rose, and heavy rain started falling. What am I telling you, church? When Elijah got down and put his face between his knees, it was a sign of giving birth. It was what women did that were in travail to give birth. He had seven contractions. I'm preaching better than y'all saying. Amen. Seven times, no baby. But on the six times, no. But on the seventh push, on the seventh push, I see a cloud and rain started falling. What am I saying? Well, since I got to make it plain for you, God said it would rain. Elijah said no. But Elijah got word from God that he wanted to send rain. But in order for rain to fall, Elijah had to birth it. In order for rain to fall, Elijah had to push it. He had to push it from earth so that it could be released from heaven. That's what the Bible means when he says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The warfare that you are in has to be won in heaven. That's why you got to send praises up to heaven. You got to worship up to heaven. You got to sacrifice up to heaven. You got to release your finances up to heaven because whatever you loose, it will be loose on earth. If you want blessings to fall, you got to loose blessings in heaven. Somebody say, make it happen in heaven. This battle is about birth. Why? Because next level, we're pregnant. Next level, we're pregnant. The baby that's in the womb of this ministry cannot be held. But God needs people. God needs soldiers. Let me help you. Everybody can't go into the war room of heaven. Generals can only go and get the commander's orders. Some just got to follow what the ones who went up in. Oh my God. Everybody ain't going to get the revelation. Everybody ain't going to get the word. Everybody don't feel the kick. But as your leader, I feel the belly, the baby kicking in my belly. And God is saying, push. If you push a praise, push your worship, push an anointing, push your gift, push your call, push your... Then what's in heaven, you'll begin to see it on earth. Some of you need healing. Bless God for your healing. You got to fight the warfare. That's in the spiritual realm. Tell the devil, back up. Loose your hope. That's why God said, I've given you authority over every authority that things can rule in this earth. 
Slap your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're binding the wrong devil. The devil ain't in your house. It's over your head. But the Bible says that we had, God had put all things under his feet. It can only be under our feet if we're in Christ. Because it can't be under our feet if we're in earth. Oh my God. I got the victory. You got the victory. You got your healing. You got your deliverance. You got your name breakthrough. It's already done. Every blessing already done. You just got to go ahead and release praise in the atmosphere. God says he inhabits the praises of his people. A people that already know it's already done. Already sealed, already delivered, already blessed, already mine, already mine, already mine. Give God some praise up in this house. Stop walking around like you're defeated. The devil is alive. You are more than a conqueror. That's why he could say, you are more than a conqueror. Through Christ Jesus. Do you know your flesh can lie to you? Facts could be true. But facts are not the truth. People will indict you off facts when God already acquitted you off truth. My greatest breakthrough is when I could say stop asking, I could stop asking for forgiveness for the same thing. Every day asking for forgiveness for the same thing. Until I shut up long enough to hear him say, I, I, he didn't even answer me. He didn't even answer the prayer. I answered it. I was asking for forgiveness for the same thing for so much. In my prayer, I said, I'm so sick and tired of hearing me say this. And then I heard, so am I. And then I, and then he, and then the word said, I, I can heal you now. Because you can't believe you're delivered and keep asking for forgiveness. We say he threw our sins in the sea of forgiveness to remember it no more, but we can't forget it. We can't forget it, which is doubt. And the Bible says, let that man think he receives anything of the Lord. You can't receive because you don't think you're worthy to receive. 
But when you get Ephesians chapter 1 in your spirit, you know that you've been worthy to receive. And I'm not going to let nobody take my blessing. I know where to fight. I know the fight isn't with you. I get angry with y'all sometimes. But then I got to go and repent. This is flesh. And, and a lot of times, let me go ahead and, and give you a disclaimer. We're going to eat the ice cream. Y'all get ready for the ice cream. So, and that is me. But let me tell you something. When people get mad at you, it's because they not only expect better, but they know you got better. Right? There's no need for me to get mad at a baby because they ain't parked the car right. So if somebody get upset with you, it's because they expect that you can deliver more. When God gets mad at us, and he does, not easily angered. We thank God he don't move in his anger, but he gets upset with his children. Trust me. I'm going to say this so and we're going to close. Whatever that pastor did that's going all viral around on Facebook. I've seen a few posts that, you know, really really made me think about it because you know and I, I raised this question at my time I said you know I'm, I'm not going to judge his character because the Bible says don't judge many men servant because we don't have all information whatever God is at, got him at this place in his life but it's amazing how people want grace from the pulpit but won't put grace back at the pulpit Then I, I laugh about the people that want to talk about, oh, it doesn't make any sense to have $400 a million worth of jewelry in the pulpit or have all these cars. Do you see all this stuff? But we keep preaching and so hungry to get to heaven with streets of gold because we want God to get but But when somebody else is living in prosperity, then you can't make nobody happy, could you? So we, we, equate, we equate integrity with being broke. Which in that case, all the homeless people that we serve should be preaching to us. And we equate prosperity with being dirty and ragged. Which means none of y'all should have a problem giving up your tithes. Because you don't want to be rich. That's because we don't know the truth. And it is a fiery dart of the enemy to go ahead and shine light on how, it's just another dart on how jacked up the church is and why I don't want to go to church. That's all it is. And then the church jumps on the bandwagon and ignites the fire even more. A house divided against itself can't stand. 
when there's problems in the church and people with issues, Paul said they were sleeping with the, the brothers, the, the son sleeping with the dad's wife. Put him out. Imagine the gossip going on through the church. Then he, he messed them all up. Go bring them back in. We don't talk about bringing them back in. Kill them. Stone them. Crucify them. Give us Barabbas. The church is jacked. We need to get it together. Very hypocritical. That the blood is good enough for us, but not him. Well, he robbed some lady. I don't care who he robbed. He could give it back. He got enough to give it back. Get out of his business. You know how many people I robbed? Half of y'all in here. Anyway. And on that note, just had to release that because I don't want nobody from next level to post no judgmental nonsense. Because you openly post it, I'm going to openly rebuke you. Amen. Let's stand. Maybe you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And maybe you do, and you've backslidden. You haven't been in a spiritual battle you've been in a fleshly battle and you want to be equipped for the spiritual battle, this you come. You ready to renew your commitment to God? Come. Glory. Amen. We have done what God has told us to do. We're going to bless the ice cream. We pray that you don't make a mess. I know it's hot outside. Parents, watch your kids with the ice cream on the new blue fabric shirt. Cheers. But we'll be all right. Have fun. Maybe we can get a couple of tables out for the children so they can enjoy the ice cream. And we're going to pull up and have this meeting um, after we get served our ice cream. Is that how we want to do it? Amen. And we'll be able to fellowship and um, handle our business. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, for equipping us for the warfare that we're in, that we can win. We pray that you would cover us and keep us um, armored up, help us to be aware of our spiritual battles. We also ask that you would bless the fellowship, the ice cream, and the things that, the conversations that will take place that may be edifying to one another as we draw closer to each other and go draw closer to you. And thank you, God, that we got cupcakes to go with the ice cream. I pray that I get a cupcake because I didn't the other week. I win that battle in the spirit so that it can manifest in the flesh. In Jesus' name, amen.